0: episode 859 of the sleeper and the bust it is thursday october 22nd i'm your host paul spore and i'm joined by justin mason justin it's been a while how are you sir
1: i know it's
0: i I had to come back for your birthday that's right birthday's on saturday turning 39 uh and i'm fine with it um you know my body's been breaking down for like a decade so that means (laughs) you're in your 40th year of life correct correct i will be starting the 40th year of life and um it's not so bad really not so should be a lot of fun you know it's pandemic time so you're not going out doing too much crazy stuff gonna have a fun stream on saturday we're gonna be uh doing an mlb the show fashion show nice you know customize your uniforms and get in there some people have just insane uniforms others have comically awful ones and i hope i hope it we get a little bit of an american idol feel where some people send their uniforms even though they're pure trash Mm -hmm. and uh i will absolutely decimate them because, you know, it's free to join, so I'm not, I'm not going to feel bad for hurting anybody's... You know, I'm not trying to hurt feelings, but if it's a bad uniform, I'm going to roast it. And Justin, if you come with some white pants on the road uniform, you're in for it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Can't have
0: that. Can't have that. I,
1: mean, I didn't anyway. even I, I, I don't know much about, like... Like, I didn't grow up a baseball fan, necessarily, so...
0: Oh, so uh, you did not know that's a rule?
1: Uh, yeah, no. I, I yeah. just recently... I mean, not recently, but in the last few years learn that like there isn't a side for home or away like Correct. that standard. Like that was something that decided. Yeah. So like, uh, like every once in a while, these kind of things pop up and I go, huh, that's really interesting. Never knew that. It's kind of like, uh, a, a little bit, uh, of a fun little game I get because I'm a little naive about some of the historical things on baseball, which is weird. Cause I'm a history buff.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, as a mind, we, we share that. Um, even as somebody who grew up loving the game and following it, I still learn stuff, too. So don't even feel bad about that. It's just you can't go. You, 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 they say you learn something new in baseball every day. It's like a cliche, but it is true. It's it's one of those cliches that is really steeped in truth, happens all the time. Hopefully, folks learned something new today about some players because we're going to talk about some more too early mock chatter. We did a little top 100 focus. Actually, it ended up being like a top 75 focus. I think the deepest player we talked about was Sixto Sanchez, who went, who was going around 73rd overall. Today we're going to talk. We're going to focus on hitting and get into the hitter pool a little bit. And um, first, we're going to talk about catching as a whole. That interesting conundrum. And then we're going to talk about a handful of specific hitters and where they're going and where you, what you feel about their price. And then uh, just kind of get your favorite or a couple favorite post 200 hitters. So not quite super deep, but those mid-round guys that you're like, I got to get these folks on the team based on this price, et cetera, et cetera. So let's just dive in and talk about this catching pool because it, in, a, in one way it hasn't changed. It's the same where there's a king of the hill, JT Realmuto, and then everybody else. That's exactly what it was last year, and uh, and that's the same. Real Muto went 45th. The next highest was Gary Sanchez at 103. This was for 2020. This year, JT Real 47th. The next highest is Will Smith at 111. So we're seeing the exact same sort of stuff here, Where it's so far it's Real Muto way ahead, then a big cluster from like Will Smith to um i say travis darno that's from 111 to 153 so it's a tight little cluster there of will smith sal perez yasmani grandal wilson Contreras, and then darno notice i didn't even say gary sanchez uh who is going next at 169 which could be nice and uh and then mitch garver by the way tanked down to 255 so let's start at the top kind of work our way down Are you drafting JT Romuto in two-catcher leagues or one-catcher leagues? Either of them. Is is that 47 price tag something that you're willing to pay? Is it completely dependent on where he goes in free agency? What are your thoughts on Romuto, the unquestioned Mm -hmm. top catcher yet again? Yeah, I don't have a problem
1: taking Romuto in a two-catcher league. I mean, obviously in a one-catcher league, it's super, super unlikely. Uh, And I think his price will be way too high in, in one-catcher leagues. But, yeah, in two-catcher league, I mean, he just gives you such a statistical advantage at the position that I, I think he's he's definitely worth that kind of third, fourth-round pick you're going to end up spending on him. And, I mean, he's pretty much locked in to the third round at this point, it looks like. So, uh, yeah, I, I think I would take him. But, I mean, after that, it's like I think you're waiting for a while. I think so too,
0: and I might even skip that second group there that, like I said, starts with Will Smith at 111, and then goes Smith, Perez, Grandal, Contreras, Darno, in the 111 to 153 range. If you're picking one of those, do you have a personal favorite or are they clustered to the point where you just take whoever's left standing? Because it could be Contreras or Grandal or, or even Perez. Probably not Will Smith. He did go as late as 158. In one, but that was very anomalous. All of his others were pretty close to that 111 mark. So he's he's quite uh, he's pretty close to being the number two guys. So do you have a favorite in that cluster of five?
1: I think it's Perez. I mean, he had a sneaky good year this year. Yes, he
0: did. It um, was it was sharp. And if he hadn't missed time with um, a weird eye issue, his, yeah, I wonder where his price would be because. He still hit 11 homers in only 37 games, 156 plate appearances, 333, 353, 633. A lot of threes there. Funny that he has 20 point split between his average and OVP because he walked. He was on that Byron Buxton plan, man. Mm-hmm. He's up there. He's up there swinging. He had a 2% walk rate, which uh, was 3 Three walks in this instance. Never been much of a walk guy. This was pretty hilarious how uh how stark it was. 375 Babbitt obviously drove that batting average. We're not gonna get exactly that, but I'm focused on that power. And you know, he's always been kind of a consistent 20-something home run guy. Sal Perez has been. Um, he's gonna be 31, which isn't ancient. I mean, he's he's up there for a catcher, but or, you know, he's up there a bit, but I don't know. I like him, too. I, I, I'm with you on Sal Perez. I think he's kind of interesting and uh, a little bit, I don't want to say forgotten. What Pick 120 is not forgotten. But I don't think there's a lot of hype there. I think you're going to get that price pretty regularly. In fact, his min was 104 and his max was 132. That's a pretty tight range there.
1: That being said, I I find it very unlikely that i will be taking a catcher in the top 150 picks so okay like that whole grouping of guys that we're talking about those top six are likely not going to end up on many of my teams
0: yeah grandal contreras Darno, Darno, again another season of quality though by the way we keep seeing we've been seeing blips in the past of remember he was an elite prospect and never really got it going with the mets he had that spell with the um with the Rays a couple years ago. Actually, it was just last year. Excuse me. It was just last year. 92 games, 16 homers. Uh, he killed it for them. They didn't keep him around. He goes to the Braves, has a nice 44-game sample. So I'm kind of interested in uh, in the fact that he's been pretty good. He's not super expensive. But let's jump out to that, that other group, because I don't know that there's much to say about Contreras and Grondahl. They kind of are who they are. Uh, Will Smith's on the come up. He's one of the younger guys, so I understand why he's expensive. Gary Sanchez is that next guy. And I know you like to buy the batting average sinks on the on the on the chances on the hope that they can come out and uh and spike a, a decent batting average above their their norm for for Sanchez, he hit 278 back in 2017, but since then it's been 186, 232, 147. Is he someone you buy for that power and just try to try to finagle a 240 out of?
1: I think so, especially if you start seeing him go towards, like, the back of the top 200. I mean, we're talking about a guy who was, like, a top 50 to top 75 pick uh, just a few years ago. And there were people talking about, like, oh, maybe he's a second-rounder, third-round pick. Um, yeah. And, like, yes, the average has been atrocious uh, for a little while now. But, I mean, do you really think that they're not going to play him? Like, I think they're just going to continue to run him out there. and Maybe he's... Maybe he's in more of a traditional, you know, platoon-type ish uh, with with uh, whatever the other catcher's name. That
0: Kyle can't... Hingashioka. Yeah. yeah. We, t- we talked about this on the uh, Fangraph's Twitch stream last mm-hmm. night for the World Series game. We got into some different things during commercials and, uh, and, and, you know, lulls in the game, which there weren't many. It was a good game. But we talked about uh, maybe the fact that they might start working him in more at first base. And not not over Voigt, Not that Voigt would be losing a bunch of time, but maybe um, you know, with Voigt at DH, things like yeah. that, or, or or even Sanchez himself at DH. But getting him from behind the dish, as it's clear that that's not something that's going to drastically improve, and has never been particularly good. And I wonder if that would unlock his bat a bit more. Now, these BABIPs are hilariously bad too: one ninety seven, two forty four, one fifty nine. So it's like there's definitely something going on here, but we've seen him be much better than this. And I, yeah, I'm with you. They're going to play him. I I don't see, I don't see a scenario where they really bury him because he can still go yard at any moment. Gary Sanchez still has tremendous power. And, um, you know, he, he puts the ball in the air a good bit, 47% and, uh, 48% last year. But I don't know. That's not so, so egregious that, his bad should be that low, but my goodness, it's really bad. But he smacks he smacks the cover off the ball, and uh, I, I think the price is pretty fair there at, at the 169 range with a high of 203. Yeah, and uh, somebody paid 138 though. You're not you're not bouncing him up to that, are you? No, I'm no way. in the top 150. Yeah, I mean, I I'm know.
1: really looking at kind of that 180 plus area. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I love Austin Nola, and Austin Nola is going, you know, at uh, pick 200, mm-hmm. on average. Like, and so, I mean, there are going to be leagues maybe where, and that's the thing. Like,
0: Nola didn't go above a uh, 165 was his was his high pick. But that was the anomaly because everything else was one ninety four 184 mm-hmm. or later. Yeah. So he he's kind of firmly in that range that you're talking about. I love Nola as well. We talked a lot about him prior to the season. As somebody, for me, I thought he could be a non-catching catcher, get that eligibility, and not catch that much. Turns out he had to catch. I'm fine with that though because he retains the eligibility for this year, and uh, I'm excited about him.
1: With, and they with they let him San catch Diego. in San Diego. Yeah. I was actually really, uh, I was a little scared when he got moved to San Diego because, like, man, that that lineup is loaded. But he played pretty much every day uh so I, I don't. i can't imagine there's a reason why he wouldn't play every day again uh you know whether it's a catcher or dh because we assume the dh will be in the national league or first base yeah. so uh i uh yeah i i just like austin nola so much it makes it hard for me to want to take a pick on sanchez but i'm not necessarily avoiding him
0: no I, I'm, I'm with you i think there is uh there's some intrigue with Sanchez, but I'm looking more at the next group. Uh, after him is another jump down from 169 to 192, and that's – or 196, excuse me. That's Christian Vasquez. Uh, where do you stand on him? He had his little breakout last year, got out on fire this year with like four homers in the first like eight or so games, ended up with seven, but a quality 283 average and a 115 WRC+. He's actually improved over what he did last year. So now we're looking at – you know, a season plus because uh, we only got 47 extra games to add to the ledger. But now we're looking at 185 games, 710 plate appearances of above average work with 30 homers and even eight steals. He had four steals each of the last two years, which the fact that he got four this year is pretty good considering how short the season was. He was four for seven, probably shouldn't be running. But if he continues to take off and, and get those chip in steals, that helps Vasquez's value too. Is he someone you're interested in at all? Or is it Sanchez? Then Nola, then jump down to the group.
1: I think there is a little bit of a jump down, but it's not. I uh, actually, I think Vasquez is probably part of that group, and I think you could probably throw Sean Murphy in there as well. Um, yes. I, I mean, I, Vasquez is one of those guys because he's such an elite bloomer. I don't think people are giving him the respect, and weird, this is weird to say. Because he's playing in Boston where people aren't paying attention, I think he's getting uh, overlooked because that team was just so bad and and people didn't want to watch them. So uh, I think he is a pretty decent value at the catcher position, and if I'm waiting on my catcher one, I think he's definitely a guy I'm willing to target uh, in the area he's going.
0: Yeah, I've I've been impressed, you know, after last year I thought maybe he might fall off. You know, I kind of had him and Roberto Perez falling off after their breakouts last year. I went 1 for 2 on that. Perez was an absolute nightmare, but uh Vasquez was very good. And so, you know, he's definitely in that group as well. I still prefer Nola, but say, you know, Sanchez, Nola go back to back and I'm I'm left between like Vasquez and the rest of the group. I'm open to taking him. You mentioned Sean Murphy, he's next there at 204. So he's the 10th catcher. Then we get into Dalton Varsho. James McCann and Mitch Garver. Let's focus on that group a little bit there. Mitch Garver falls off the table, dude. Holy smokes, he was so bad. Um, I'm looking right now to try to find his uh, his numbers because they were one sixty-seven, two
1: forty-seven, two sixty-four with two home runs in eighty-one wow. plate appearances.
0: Wow. Now that is such a small sample. Super small. That I don't know that I like. I, I think I'm buying the hell out of Mitch Garver. I'm just cut to the chase. I, I think I'm buying Mitch Garver like crazy next year at that price. I realize it was a late breakout, age 28, to go off the way he did in 2019. That's fine. He was still pretty good in 2018, though. 335 plate appearances, seven homers, but a, a 268, 335, 414, like a solid line there, too. If, if that's all I got, at 255 i think i'm still completely fine with that and i think i'll at least get that i'm not worried that that he's this guy who i mean this is essentially a it's a month 23 games for a catcher Mm -hmm. that's a month that's a bad month so where do you stand on him and then we'll get back to the guys going just a bit ahead of him i'm trying to remember what was his injury i don't remember either that's a good question
1: um the the num the underlying numbers Are some of the strangest things I've ever seen. Um, I mean, he what he struck out forty five percent of the time this year. Is that bad though? It is bad. But guess his O swing.
0: Um, twenty eight percent,
1: eighteen point seven percent.
0: So he's just swinging and missing in the zone. He had a strained intercostal, so he couldn't get around. Like yeah, he, he couldn't. He couldn't get to pitches. I mean
1: I wasn't as high on him as you were coming into the season. Yeah. I was I was, high I was on avoiding him. him. Uh but like I think that this is one of those guys that you're just gonna throw out everything that happened in 2020. Yeah,
0: um, I'm just not sure how much you can put into to Garver's season and say it's like, eighty one plate appearances. It's yeah. nothing. And the market has tanked him, dude. He was going pick one thirty-five in the summer main event and now here we are at 255 120 pick discount i'm i'm so in and there may be a a fall uh excuse me a spring spring boost for him i could totally see something like that if he comes into spring training and and plays well i think he'll still remain in the in the 200s maybe the peak of getting into that gary sanchez vasquez range which i would still buy but early drafts, I'm buying the hell out of Mitch he personally. He still
1: crushes the ball when he hits it. The problem was he was making his contact was just awful.
0: Exactly. Um, and, so, but so you gotta
1: wonder how much of that was the uh, the intercostal issue.
0: Yes, I think I think this is definitely one. And there's there's a good handful of guys that you can just kind of give a free pass to, being that it was, in his case, just a month. It wasn't even the full two months. It was just a month of work. And so um, I don't think that you have to completely freak out about what he did or, or, or didn't do, as it were, uh, with Mitch Garver. Sean Murphy, you briefly mentioned him, the up-and-comer in Oakland. You know, I'm generally averse to young backstops when they're when they're overpriced, but this is not overpriced. He was 254 coming into this this season, and he's only moving up to 204. So it's a 50-pick jump. After we get a little bit more work from Sean Murphy, what kind of outlook does he have for 2021? Now that he'll he should have like the full job and uh, and and kind of be over that part of his career where they're like, hey, don't worry about hitting, focus on just catching. I think now you know 200 plate appearances, it's still only 63 games, but I think he's kind of settled in a little bit.
1: Yeah, he started off the season slow, and when you have a oh, 60 game season starting off slow. <laughs> Really, kind of tanks your your numbers, but absolutely. Uh, his uh, his September numbers were two seventy seven, four twenty four, six thirty eight, uh, triple slash with five home runs. He really got into a groove. Uh, walked twenty percent of the time, yep. uh, and only struck out twenty two percent of the time uh, during that period. And, I mean, he was a double digit walk guy all season. He's got a yeah, exactly you know, so he got and, a really good batting eye. Too. Yeah, really good batting eye. Uh, He's got pop in that bat. I assume that unless Oakland completely blows everything up, which I just don't necessarily think they're going to do, I think he is a a pretty decent value uh, with some really good upside uh, at that spot. So, yeah, Murphy, you know, I I could see myself, like, double tapping from this group. Same. Um, Nola Murphy. mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Nola Murphy or uh,
0: even, like, a, a Gary Sanchez or Vasquez Murphy Yep, so, i Murphy-Garver. Mm-hmm. I could see myself going Nola-Garver because Nola has a little bit of batting average to maybe protect me on, on Garver's end a little bit. Speaking of somebody with batting average that, that can do some protection, James McCann was similar to Vasquez in that he broke out last year kind of under the radar, 18 homers, 273 average. We know he had a gaudy Babbitt that he ran for most of the year, and then it finally came back to earth. And I think everyone was like, well, you know, Can't do that again,
1: right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, he's toast. Uh, No, not so fast, my friend. 289 average and seven more homers in just 31 games of action. And, uh, you know, he wasn't quite Tim Anderson who raised his gaudy Babib, But McCann went from 359 to 339. 31 games again, so, you know, be mindful. uh, Because obviously he wasn't the starting catcher, so he didn't get to play every day. But he is a free agent, so he might get a new home He's been pretty badass the last two years. Is is James McCann someone you're looking at? If he goes somewhere where he has a full-time role or at least the the – bigger end of the of the share what and so we don't know where, where he's gonna go but he should be an appealing backstop for folks to uh, in, in the free agent market so what do you think about james mccann
1: yeah it all depends on where he goes this is gonna be a really weird and interesting free agent market oh my god uh, and, gonna be bizarre yeah so it may be he may be one of these guys that i mean i think because he's a catcher and because his framing numbers were so good um I think that he shouldn't have a problem finding a job fairly quickly. Uh, But it wouldn't be surprising to me if there are a lot of guys who have trouble finding jobs because teams don't want to spend the money not having the gate fees and not knowing whether or not they're going to be able to have the gate fees coming into 2021. So uh, I, I definitely want to see where he goes. But I mean, we have to think that he's going to have at least the same amount of playing time, if not more. Uh,
0: In a new environment So I'm on board Yeah I am too Uh, James McCann You know I I was always hoping That he could break out A little bit with the bat As a Tiger He'd have flashes But it never really Amounted Mm -hmm. to much uh, To the point where I think he ended up Pretty bad overall Let's see Yeah 75 WRC plus in uh, 1,646 plate appearances with the Tigers had that one blip in 2017, where he was just below average with a 94, including 13 homers. But it was, it's been nice to see him kind of emerge uh, with the White Sox. You know, catchers are by nature, late bloomers. And we're seeing him in ages 29 and 30 play quite well. Dalton Varsho prospect in Arizona, who is really intriguing because he's pretty bad behind the dish, but he can play a lot of other spots. So, here here it is. This is my non-catching catcher of of 2021 uh, because they still have Carson Kelly. But I think if Varsho – now, he might – he qualified as catcher. He, yeah, he played 10 yeah, games. 10, he's 10 gonna games, qualify. he's going to qualify, yeah. So he's going to qualify. So he's already locked in, whereas Nola had to get the eligibility. Mm-hmm. I like Varsho as a non-catching catcher. He didn't – the slash line is not going to do anything for you, Justin. Mm-hmm. 188, 287, three, 366. But three homers, three steals – in his 115 plate appearances, 24 year old who can really hit. He'll be 24 mm-hmm. next year. I quite I quite like Varsho.
1: Yeah, he's one of those guys that is going to have a lot more value in 2021 than I think he may have in 2022. Even though he's yeah, especially young. if he
0: plays like n- hardly any catcher and loses that eligibility. Yeah, because
1: yeah. he is atrocious behind the plate. Like yeah, he is, he's really it's not really for bad. Him. Um, it's not for- no. Uh, so, and, you know, I I know someone within the the Dimebacks organization that said, like, the only person who thinks Dalton Varsho is a catcher is the general
0: manager. Oh, I mean, I guess that's one. That's the right guy to have in your corner, but. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know if Varsho wants to catch. You know, sometimes when guys can't catch like that, they don't want to do it because. They they get beat up back there and they just want to rake. Mm-hmm. You know, they just want to go out there and hit. So, you know, he plays uh he plays outfield. He can play all three positions in the outfield. He plays some third base as well. Uh he didn't get any third base in the major leagues. It was outfielding catcher, DH. But uh yeah, I I'm pretty keen on him. That we we're we're in a group here with this, with this mm-hmm. Nola, Murphy, Varsho, uh this is the Sanchez Vasquez, yeah. Garver. This is this is my glob for sure, dude.
1: Yeah, I, Varsha's got a sweet swing. Don't look at, like, the, the numbers. It was a really small sample. Uh, but he, I, I think he's going to hit at the major league level. And, uh, I mean, look look at the, what he did in the minors. I and mean, he jumped from AA uh, straight up to the majors, obviously, without having, you know, a minor league uh, year in 2020. So I think he's one of those guys that really could be it, probably high risk, high reward, and maybe a sure. guy you want to pair with someone like McCann. Um, yeah
0: stabilize things a mm -hmm. little bit
1: so but he's definitely a guy who's going to be on my radar
0: uh let's move to your your ball club joey Bart, and we're not going to go catcher by catcher it's not going to be two hours on catching uh we'll, we'll, we'll we'll hit it we'll cap it off here soon and then have you pick somebody that's like super late that you like but joey bart obviously premium prospect and uh you know going at a at a i think a fair 259 um how do you feel about bart and and what's what's he what what are we looking at from him next year? Is this somebody who's ready to break out or does he need more time?
1: I think he's gonna need one more year. I mean, Posey should be back. That's gonna limit his playing time. You know, Belt but actually played well.
0: Isn't um
1: I guess the D H is a place where oh.
0: Bell, not, yeah, but I thought Belt was a free agent. No, he's got um, one he's more not. year on that atrocious contract, I believe. Yeah, because I was gonna say Posey would play first. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, DH is a good call out. If we, we both expect the D H to to be bargained back in. Like they're gonna have to redo it. It's not just automatically carried over. Mm-hmm. But I think and, and I think uh it was Ben who brought this up on that uh, on that Twitch cast last night saying that it would be part of the back and forth horse trading of like expanded playoffs okay give us give us mm-hmm. the universal dh again so we expect that to get ironed out so let's operate under that assumption right now because i think it's a, a pretty valid one um so that opens up room for bart belt and Posey to all bart belt and buster to all play <laughs> the, the, the killer bees so um so yeah what do you think about bart he didn't really do much in a uh in a 111 plane appearance sample I'm probably going to be leaning off. This is the yeah. kind of young catcher I'm talking about where I, I, I stay off even though the price is not exorbitant. He's one of
1: those guys where you look if you look at the numbers and you're not watching him play um, a lot, <laughs> like I yeah. Yeah, I like do he, as, did, yeah. as a Giants fan, uh, you kind of uh, you go, ooh, this is kind of ugly. And I think a lot of the people who are taking him in these drafts are – Taking him purely based on, one, he he seems to have a role, and two, he's you know, a high-rated prospect. A. Yep. He was really, really ugly most of the year, but there were moments. And there were moments in which uh, when he hits the ball on the sweet spot, it travels far. Mm-hmm. And I think that as he matures and gets to see Major League pitching more, he will turn into a very very good uh catcher uh for the giants but i think it's also going to take time and i don't know that i want to roster that uh if it's going to take half a season or something like that or
0: even more exactly and also skipped triple a after just Mm -hmm. 22 games in double a now he's a catcher uh, excuse me he's a college product joey bart is who's, who's definitely matured but you need a little bit more time than that. And he didn't get to get that seasoning. So he's gonna be on the job training at the major league level. It's not gonna be for me as far as fantasy goes, but I'll be monitoring him. And if he has some impressive showing this in 2021 and like a big second half, then I'll be ready to say, okay, 2022, the Joey Bard experience, now I'm ready for, for showtime. One last guy I wanna definitely get in on and I'll see if there's any else that you wanna go deeper on is Max Stassi. He could have had a great year if not for injury. He ended up getting hurt, missing time. Still had an excellent year in the time that he played. Seven homers with a 139 wRC plus, 278, 352, 533. Uh, You know, was a prospect of some note many moons ago with the Astros. Never really got the playing time there though. His biggest sample was an 88 game sample in 2018, and he was average. You know, he had eight homers and a 100 uh, wRC plus. I think there's a little something here with Max Stassi, and I don't know why he wouldn't be the full-time player with, uh, uh, or, you know, the full-time catcher with the Angels next year. What do, you, what do you think of Stassi?
1: Yeah, I think people may have just been missing how good he was once he did get healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we all remember kind of how great he started the season, then he got hurt uh, and uh, really struggled, missed time. Uh, but, I mean, he finished really, really strong. Stassi is like that guy that, again, I think he's going to have a full-time role with the Angels. There's no reason not to. Uh, especially with, with what they have at the on the roster behind the plate, so yeah, another guy that I think I would be totally down to kind of pick from this uh,
0: tier of guys. Yep, he, he's that last one in this group here that I'm like, okay, I'm kind of saving a spot for him. I want to get one of those earlier ones, and then I'll I'll, I'll wait a bit here and then get Stasi Pick 284. He's the 15th catcher off the board. So that's the top 15. Is there anybody outside the top 15 that you're keeping a star next to and a close
1: eye on? I think, like, Tyler Stevenson is going to be a guy.
0: Great call-out. You took my guy. I love him.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's going as the 31st catcher off the board, which means he's going to be pretty much free in drafts. And it looks like he didn't even go in four of the nine drafts. So, uh, I mean, he didn't play very much but I think that will change in 2021. Uh, and I think he has just a ton of power in that bat. It depends on how good he is buying the plate, if that you know costs him some time. But ultimately, I think he, he's got enough of a bat to, to be fantasy viable. And I think there's a ton of upside for a guy who's pretty much going to be undrafted.
0: And they do still have Tucker Barnhart mm-hmm. making 4.2 mil on the last year of his deal and then a team option. But he has really fallen off from that gold glove breakout of 2017. Um, and, and it's just not really somebody that should be blocking Tyler Stevenson in any appreciable way. I don't way.
1: think they care as much in Cincinnati about money right now. I mean, we saw them kind of go all in on the 2020 yeah. season. You would have to assume they're going to, uh, you know, kind of double down on 2021. And so I think best player plays and he, he is definitely the best catcher they have.
0: And their offense was atrocious, and that's that which was surprising. And I don't think shocking, it will be again yeah. next year. But uh, they're going to want the guys who can do the most damage. And uh, you know, you still keep Barnhart there, catching once or twice a week. You know, I, I don't think it'd be a scenario. In fact, I think it'd be at least two to three times a week. I should say. I don't think Stevenson will ever get to the point where he's he's catching six of of seven games um, uh, this year. I mean, in the future he may well get there, but I don't know about uh, for 2021. Last one then, Danny Jansen. We've been around the block with this a whole bunch, um, and then Alejandro Kirk became everyone's new uh, new Willens Estadio du jour <laughs> with his fire hydrant stature and 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 playing pretty well in a very tiny sample, 25 plate appearances. But Danny Jansen is there anything there he's gonna be 26 he show he, he gets a blip going and i swear every time he has a hot week or two uh we as a fantasy community jump and i'm, I'm part of it i mean he had decent mm-hmm. september it's like i want this i, I want to make him a thing but do we have to stop trying to make danny jansen a thing i'm not <laughs> okay so <laughs> you're like trying a... to make fetch happen okay yeah I, I, i'm i'm with you i'm an idiot so like let's be idiots yeah. together um 26 i still want to believe yeah <laughs> So you you would you could see yourself getting him at pick 296 area. Um, there's a scenario where it seems like you and I could be waiting on catcher so long and then mm-hmm. we just get, like, Stasi and Jansen or freaking, like...
1: There's going to be lots of leagues in which I don't take a catcher until, you know, the top 19 are gone. Yeah, not I until pick 300. I mean, Wilson Ramos... Uh, or, sorry, uh, uh, Jorge Alfaro is catcher 20. Buster oh, Posey too. is 21. Yadier Molina is 23. Uh, Chance Sisko is an interest guy at 26. Uh, Tom Murphy, you know, should be healthy at yep. 29. I mean, there are a ton of guys in these kind of later areas that I'm more than happy to watch. I mean, Omar Navarro's was, what, a top five or six catcher? He's yes.
0: the 36th catcher off the board. Don't sleep on uh don't sleep on Sam Huff either in Texas. Some folks mm-hmm. really like what his back can do. But Omar Narvaez is a good call out for sure. And he has he's an afterthought now. Mm-hmm. You know, he failed people, and, and the community, at least in the two early mocks, has said, GFY. Yeah. You are done, man. Um and, and again it boils down to like just over a month. 40 games, 126 plate appearances. He was brutal, but 176, 294, 269. If he had just like an awful August in the middle of a six, we say this all the time, but it's true—in the middle of a of an otherwise good season, we'd barely notice it. We would yep. say, oh, you know, he's, he's struggling, but he's my everyday catcher. I got to play him in case he pops two homers. Now, he doesn't have a month like this on his ledger, a 562 OPS that I can see in the last two years when he's been a good catcher. But I'm with you. Omar Narvaez, I mean, come on. Like, we— I think we have to still be, you know, if I went just buybacks and went uh, Garver at 255 and Narvaez at pick 9 million, 356 actually, Mm -hmm. um, you know, think about how little capital I'm spending on my my two catchers there. That's pretty good.
1: And I mean, let's not also forget that like on, on top of having kind of a weird start to the year because... You know, like everybody did, because it's 2020 and the season was He He's also on a new team, like had to learn Correct. a brand new pitching staff in a new uh, league. You know, first time in the National League. Like, like there are a lot of things kind of working against Navarrez that I could totally see. Like, okay, he he bounces back to kind of the guy he was before, where you know he hits 20 home runs. So uh, I'm, yeah, I think I'm much more likely to wait on catcher unless a deal faces me where i'm like okay this is this is a spot there's nobody else in this spot that is really jumping out at me uh and i really like danny jansen or i really like carson kelly or i really like uh you know sean murphy something like that
0: Narvaez really took to the defense in milwaukee too they've been known for teaching framing well and, and catcher defense he was an absolutely brutal defender and everyone worried about how things might work going from Grandal to Narvaez, he took to it. But how much did that take his attention away from from batting? And then the small sample gets away from you, and all of a sudden you got a 562 OPS for a quote-unquote season when it's not really uh, you know anything close to a full season. So I'm with you. St- stay stay true to Omar Narvaez because he doesn't cost you anything, and that's two catcher leagues for sure. All right, now let's just talk about some general hitters here. Go through them uh, relatively quickly here, it's just as far as like getting your thoughts on where they're at and if the prices that they have are something that you're paying where is hitter x going jordan alvarez pick 88 obviously this is i mean you could you could say I'll throw out this year because you have to there was no there's nothing to throw out <laughs> you're throwing out a tissue like i mean there's i mean there's it's people, 250 like, yeah, 250
1: 333 625 triple slash yeah no walks all season long i mean for a guy who was a double digit walk guy all throughout the minors and in the majors last year
0: (laughs) he got hit by a pitch that's why his OBP is higher Mm -hmm. yeah uh nine plate appearances was hurt and had covid had the knee issue and covid comes back plays two games they realize the knees are just too bad to play i say and i say knees plural Mm -hmm. he's getting surgery on both of them are getting scoped um so comes back doesn't work gone throughout this year 24 year old UT only already Jordan Alvarez are you buying back in on him after double knee surgery
1: I don't know that I can at this
0: price right where's the discount i mean i know i know he No there's a huge twice, i mean there's a huge discount but but i don't think this is huge i don't i don't think this is huge for for a completely lost season and double knee surgery uh, yeah. I need more. Of and he's
1: going to be DH only, right?
0: Of course. He already was. He'll remain so.
1: Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think I can. I mean, he went as high as sixty-seven. Yeah, um, I mean, he
0: was one twenty-eight in the summer. Only... you're saying discount from the the spring, by the way, because in mm-hmm. the summer, uh, yeah, yeah, event he had COVID already, so he was a one. He was pick one twenty-eight. So this is actually. A, mm-hmm. a higher cost, but yeah, I'm not paying top 100 for Alvarez right now. I can't do it. Yeah, it's too scary. He's I mean, a great hitter. He's a great, he, great, great hitter. If he
1: comes in spring and is healthy, it that looks great. Things, sure.
0: Yeah, then I can
1: see myself getting back involved. But uh, like it, I, I just did a uh, draft champions draft for for 2021, um, and with a lot of really really smart guys within the industry. And like, I remember I was like, oh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll look at Alvarez here. And it was like pick 150. I was like, oh, he's been gone for like for 70 rounds. picks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, never mind. Um, yeah. I think around 125, 150, I'm getting interested, but he's, he's long gone at that point.
0: He's just never getting there. And yeah. like, I, I understand the talent. So, so I understand the desire to, to want to still buy in on, um, jordan alvarez but my goodness i just think the price is too high and uh it's gonna it's gonna price me out for sure and we'll see again if he comes back now it's it it, this is now when everything's still scary because we're so far away from from the season we don't even know what the season's gonna look like justin like are they even gonna play a buck 62 next year i don't i don't think we can confidently say that um so yeah it's a little too weird for me right now so i'm out on him kyle lewis at pick 103 on average you know he had he had a breakout And, um, you know, Luis Robert stole the headlines. Their seasons ended up pretty similarly, and yet he costs—Luis is 70 picks cheaper than than Luis Robert. So uh, how do you feel about Luis on his own merits, and then how do you feel about him in respect to uh, Robert?
1: I mean, I like Luis a lot. I just think that injuries over the course of a long season may—you know, are obviously a higher risk. And that, that's the only thing I worry about with those. Like, the talent is undeniable for me. You watch them play, um, and you look at the numbers, and you go, this, this is a guy that could be a stud, especially. Uh, I mean, he stole five bases in 2020, which is not something we'd seen uh, in in his minor league kind of profile. Like, he had never stolen. Because
0: stole... of those aforementioned injuries. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. And so, I mean, we're talking about a guy that potentially could be, like, a 30-15 guy. Uh, yep. If he's healthy, but it's such a huge if.
0: Sure. Sure. I mean, you know, we've now have, and I know this, you know, calling this a season is is tough.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But he was healthy in '19, mm-hmm. and it uh, played in the minors, and then and then got that little
1: yeah.
0: uh, 18 game blip that might have won some folks their leagues because he hit six homers in uh, in 75 plate appearances. So you know, we're we're working on putting some health together. He would have been a mega prospect. Kyle Lewis would mm-hmm. have been an absolute star talent, top 25-type prospect. If, he
1: was until the injuries derailed him. Yeah,
0: it, the injuries absolutely stunted him through the minors. So don't think that this is some out-of-nowhere guy. Um, that, this is that very much trust. like
1: Anthony Rendon.
0: Oh, that's a good call-out. Yep.
1: You know, Rendon was a top-tier prospect, but injuries really derailed uh, kind of the sheen that he had uh, within the prospect world, you know, there's always going to be a kind of fear of injury with him. But like you said, we've now had, you know, a season and a half, if you want to call it, 2020 a half season, yeah. um, of him being healthy. Uh, and, I mean, 2018, he, you know, I mean, what, this was, he had 86 games? Played yeah. so I mean yeah. that's almost a foolish you know season for minor leaguer.
0: It's, it's, something. it's something. Yeah, you know, it, it, we're we're working towards something here, and again now bring it in in comparison to Luis Robert who goes pick thirty five ish. Then what does the comparison look like for you?
1: I mean, I definitely. I mean, I like Robert. Um, I was very impressed by him, and I, I was kind of fence sitting on him coming into the season. I don't know that I want to spend the price on Robert, where he's going. Yeah.
0: He had a but, 136, 237, 173 September with one homer mm-hmm. and five steals. Still got five steals, though.
1: The five steals are nice. Um, but, yeah, I mean, when we're talking about Lewis going, what, 70 picks later, you know, That's sign me saying. up for that. Exactly. I mean, the, so, the hard part is he's going right in front of, you know, the GOAT. The
0: GOAT. Randy. Oh, uh, Rosa Reyna, and you know what? I wrote an article with like uh, interesting prices uh, on hitters, and I much you think that goes up. I oh my god, it, it's like he's not he's not going to be the uh, the one sixteen that he's at right now. He's he's uh, by, the one
1: eleven. Uh, he's the RSDS keynote of the two early mocks for last year. I put that in the exact oh, article <laughs> because
0: when I posted, I I posted his a screenshot of his nine draft slots. And I think it was Doug Dennis who brought up Aristides Aquino who's a, who's a Reds fan so he's very familiar and that's very sobering to remember mm-hmm. because Aquino even if you even if you want to be the guy like oh I know he's gonna come down you know I know I know Aquino's gonna come down, but I'm still gonna take him because he's gonna definitely do this and then you say something like you know if we're thinking full season you know he's gonna be like a 28 homer. 265 type of guy with a bunch of runs and rubies because that's a good a good squad plus some steals because he's fast lol he was a nightmare now he only had 56 he, players didn't, players he didn't even make didn't the team yeah yeah because they didn't that, like that's how much now that's not going to happen to a rosen so it's not a perfect one-to-one but it is at least a reminder to temper things a bit in that very same thread he was called mo- Cuban Mookie bets multiple times as well.
1: <laughs> so uh I mean you know, I like Arrozarino a lot. I, I'm super impressed by him, but like there's no way he's going outside of the top one hundred.
0: Correct. And this this these all happened, and I, I mentioned this in my article. These all happened in early October, and he then went out and put up a giant LCS mm-hmm. and the World Series is, is just going off right now. And I put he'll likely be a firm top 100 pick, and I, I truly believe that that's going to be the case already. So let's bump him up. Let's go 85 right now. Let's put his ADP right there and start talking about him in that range, meaning he'll probably range as high as the 60s and as low as, like, the early 100s. Then what do you do with Randy Orozarena?
1: Oh, that's um, that's a really good spot for him, actually.
0: I agree, and I think I would I – I feel like I want to be involved, and this is where us multi-leaguers.
1: I, I mean, that can, puts him right at, like, in between Charlie Blackman and Nick Castellanos. So two, two quality Apple.
0: veterans mm-hmm. who started off their seasons absolutely brilliantly and finished poorly, whereas Rosarena didn't get to start the season. He only played 23 games and ended brilliantly, of course. Like, he played brilliantly for 23 games in the regular season, and then he's had a, a stupid good playoff. So yeah, I mean, I'd put him right there, um, I'm and I could take ta- any of the three.
1: I'm going to take Castellanos there, uh, but I think it really becomes, and I'm going to probably gonna take Blackman there too, but like, I, I think...
0: I think I would take a Rosarena. <laughs> For the speed. I'll trade you the batting mm. average for the speed, and I'll get the batting average elsewhere, me oh, cores. Give me
1: Coors. Give me... Give me yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. That's yeah. fair. That's oh. fair.
0: I mean, I, I drafted a team specifically around Coors with mm-hmm. Arenado, Story, and Blackman. Yeah. So I, I, I feel you on that. I almost drafted Dahl, too. I, I was streaming that draft, and they were like, take Dahl, take Dahl, take Dahl. <laughs> I think they really wanted me to just do the do the whole thing. Um, so, no, I, I'm with you. I love just leaning on Coors, but... I don't know. Blackman's awesome still. And, you know, he started off so hot that the fact that he, like, came back down to earth, uh, the, the breakdown of his season makes it look pretty bad. Like, if you if you cut out that early part, he hit, you know, some terrible average for an extended period of time. But he still ended 303, 356, 448 with six homers and two steals. And nobody's complaining about that. That's about what you were expecting going in. But the fact that he was pacing over five uh, over 400 – for the uh, first few weeks there, makes it look worse there for Charlie Blackman. So you take both of them over a Rosarina. What give a general line that you think a Rosarina might be able to achieve next year? And also keep in mind that there's no real such thing as a full timer in in uh, Tampa Bay as well. So he'll probably lose, you know, the random at bats to left to righties when there when there's a righty starter. Just for a platoon because mm-hmm. that's that's Tampa Bay for you. They don't they don't get guys up to six hundred plate appearances. Oh I'm so, so think of it more of like a five hundred and fifty plate appearance. Uh and that's if you know he stays healthy and everything too.
1: Twenty-eight home runs. Okay. Fifteen steals. What kind of batting average? Two sixty-five. Okay, that's
0: um, so that's looking.
1: I'm gonna go lower on the steals. I'm gonna say twenty eight ten two sixty five.
0: That's a that's a, that's like a little bit famish. Tommy Fam. Mm-hmm. Not not it's not a perfect comp, but think think Tom, Tampa Bay Tommy Fam there a little bit. Now he is one of the most recent guys to get over six hundred point appearances for them. Six fifty four back in twenty nineteen. But again, it is a rarity. Go go look at the numbers there. I um, actually I don't know if it was a text that we did or or tweet that I did about uh how little uh, how off, uh, infrequently they get guys up to 600 plus plate appearances. So keep that in mind with Randy Roserenda, but he does have a power speed combo and um, I agree with you that the average should be a bit lower because he does strike out. Mm-hmm. And um you know, he can take his walks though. He took his walks in the minors. He's been taking them in the playoffs. They, they don't want any part of him right now, understandably. He's got seven homers in a very nice 69 plate appearances. But um I'm intrigued, and like I was saying, being a multi-leaguer helps here because then I can get my cake and eat it too. I can I can get in on on mm. Randy Rosarena without it being my only league, the where I have to sink or swim with him. I and mean that's kind of a a fun fun aspect there.
1: Like the hard part is like he's do what he's doing in the playoffs is actually what he did in the season pretty much. Yeah. Like obviously he's been hotter in the playoffs, but it's not like he was bad or
0: something like he just he had seven homers and 76 point appearances yeah he He did the exact
1: yeah he did the exact same thing pretty much in the regular season
0: it's just that his batting average is is Mm -hmm. much higher from from 281 to 361 but nobody would cry about 281 i'll tell you that right Mm -hmm. now um and so you know like it's it's... hard
1: because like the, the there's part of me that wants to go like i think this guy is a potential 40 15 guy. Um with a decent average, but like then there like the, the like the rational side of me goes uh, don't do that. like don't do that. Yeah, don't, <laughs> don't don't take him in the second round.
0: <laughs> no, I, I love him, dude. I love watching him. I'm in on the hype train. We'll see where yeah. it, where it meanders. Like my, said, my
1: fear is he's going to end up like going higher, yeah, Like he's going to be a third round pick. Okay, well then I'm a hundred percent out. Of that uh, and I, I would get, be. I
0: wouldn't even get my token share at that point.
1: I, I, yeah, I'd probably be out. But, like, let let's do some quick would you rather's. Okay. Would you rather, uh, Arroserena,
0: or are you going to include other hitters?
1: Um, I'm going to include other hitters. Okay, cool. Let's go, Reyna or Paul Goldschmidt.
0: Whose number, his ADP is 79. I'm going to go a Rosa I've got some other first basemen I like. Okay. That, that go after Goldie.
1: Uh, a Rosa or teammate Austin Meadows?
0: I'm going to go a Rosa there.
1: Okay. And ADP 69. Nice. Nice. Um,
0: a Rosa or Teoscar Hernandez? A Rosa I believe his breakout is a little bit more viable. I. I love Teoscar. I know he's mm-hmm. your guy too, so I'm curious where, how you feel. I think we talked about him last episode. I think I'm going to Rosarena too. I just, th- I, honestly, his, his. There wasn't anything to his breakout. Like, uh, there was no like skill difference with mm-hmm. Teoscar. Now, th- does there have to be? I-, I feel like yes, though. Otherwise, isn't it just a hot streak from somebody who we know is very talented, mm-hmm. but always had you know, is always good for a hot streak? This happened to be an extended one from Teoscar. I just, I don't know. I'm nervous about it.
1: I mean, it's something that uh, our our buddy, uh, Mike Warner uh, kind of talked a little bit about with me. um I don't know if it was on a pod or or just uh, we were just kind of bullshitting about a Uh but like a arena's pitch recognition skill is elite. like it's great. like he he sees the ball so well, and that's just not what Teoscar Oscar does exactly.
0: And I don't think his strikeout rate a- Orozarena's... No comes from an issue of not knowing what's coming or anything no nope. i think it comes from trying to hit every ball 500 feet mm-hmm. i think as he kind of figures things out a little bit and we've been seeing it in the playoffs but i think as he settles in and realizes okay sometimes it's not a homer it's going to be a base hit
1: only one uh, time only at one stop in the minor leagues did a rosarena have a strikeout percentage above 20 percent.
0: that's what i'm saying that's why i think this 29 percent is a little bit uh small sample fluke I, I, and I think he was trying to maybe hit a few too many homers, and it could you know it could infect him over over an extended period in the season. But I really like him anyway. So yeah, I oh, take Sh- Rosario over Trent trans- Grisham. Oh, Pick fifty seven point eight. They're pretty similar, I think, in terms of like power, speed types that have you know because I think this that, is
1: going to be the area. This is the area yeah. in which I think he probably. He's going to be long in, which is Aaron Judge, Trent Grisham, George Springer, Brandon Lau. Oof. And I'll take teammate Lau. I'll take. But that's because he has but second that... base eligibility, right? I mean, Correct. he's Correct. second and that... outfield. You're exactly
0: right. and then I'll, But then I'll take the rest. Um, or you're going to take, take a Rosarain Rosa, re- a a Rosa over, over, over Judge?
1: That. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I think I'm I will over too. The
0: yeah. I'm over the headache, man. I know I know it's and I want to see where Springer but... ends up. I, I do too. Um, but but does he he doesn't run anymore either. And you so, can't
1: you can't imagine he's going to end up in a spot necessarily any better than he was just in. That's
0: inherently better, exactly. So and and is is Springer uh, a better power source necessarily or a better batting average source necessarily? No.
1: Just a longer track record. is. is Of course, of
0: course. But he doesn't run anymore. You know, he was one for three this year. He was uh, six for eight last year in in 122 games. So, you know, when I say don't run anymore, I mean he's not an impact runner. In fact, he hasn't been for quite a while. He has one double digit. He's actually only been once. 2015, wow, I thought he was more of a power-speed guy. I think he has a reputation that he does not uh, uphold, but he's a great power guy. It's because he and, yeah,
1: he had the 30-30 the seasons in
0: the minors. Exactly, exactly, and he's a big volume guy too. Dude, When even when he gets limited by injury, Springer, he puts up still 600-plus plate appearances in 140-game seasons because he's at the top of that strong lineup. So He's one of those yeah. guys
1: that if he ended up in the right situation, though— in terms
0: of, there are teams that run. because <laughs> maybe they would say, hey, do you do you want to start running again? Because, yeah, yeah Houston I, probably limits him more than Springer limits himself. Yeah,
1: I mean, he's got, you know, 82nd percentile sprint speed. I think He could still run. If he ended up on a team, I mean, not that I think he would end up in San Diego with, you know, what the rosters are. But just a team like San Diego that likes to push it on the base paths. Like, Springer could be one of those guys that is extremely undervalued
0: where he's that going could right be, now. That could be pretty interesting. So that's around pick 60 there mm-hmm. for a Rosarena. And I, I can agree with you that... I, you're, I you're not a taking
1: Kendrick. a Rosarena over Luke Foy, right? No. You're not taking him. him over Tim Anderson? No. no.
0: Um, Foy's a 50-homer hitter. I think Tim Anderson is just a, just a stud. So,
1: yeah, I think that end of the fourth round spot, beginning of the fifth, is where... He really starts becoming an interesting kind of uh, proposition for a team.
0: I hope he lives more in that Goldie range, but I think you're probably right that he's going to meander up higher, and uh, uh, certainly in some drafts too. You're going to be waiting, thinking that you can get him in that Goldie range, and there's going to be that Arena believer who pops him the second that George Springer goes, something like that. So I, I think you're I think you're right to at least. Talk about him in that range. Otherwise, you're going to be fooling yourself if you think. And just completely ignore the ADP that he got this year because that ain't happening Uh, in the two early mocks, the 111 for Rosarana. Let's talk about another rookie, Alec Boehm, 119. I know that they were kind of in contention for most of the year in Philly, but I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I felt like Philly was kind of off the radar. I, I didn't pay a lot of attention to them. Maybe it's because I didn't have a lot of their guys. I don't know. You know, we have these different biases of like, well, I don't have a lot of guys there, so I don't really care. You know, I, I keep an eye on what they're doing. I know that where they are, but I wasn't dialed in. Am I wrong to think that maybe Alec Boehm's forty-four games of awesomeness went a little bit uh, I
1: undernoticed? Don't, I don't think you're wrong at all.
0: Three thirty-eight, four hundred, four eighty-one popped four homers in one hundred eighty plate mm-hmm. appearances. I like this dude, man. I Am do, I too. Am I crazy? Okay. I,
1: and this is one of those guys where I'm doing kind of like a 180 turnaround. Because right. when he came into the league in rookie ball, he looked absolutely atrocious.
0: He, he got embarrassed, yeah. yeah. Coming out of Wichita State, like, oh, this college guy can't do anything.
1: Uh-huh. And I, I, you know, it was like one of those things where I was like, I, I, you know, and I apologized to the people that I told, like, you know, if you took him in a first-year player draft, you know, try to try to dump him if you can, uh, because I you know now I'm actively trying to go get him, uh, because I think he is uh, it feels criminally underrated right now. Uh, I agree. I go, think he's going move after up. Chris Bryant. <laughs>
0: That's, I think, but I think early career Chris Bryant is a reasonable comparison. Yeah. And um, I'm in, man. And I think he will move up a little bit in ADP, but I don't think it's going to become cost prohibitive for Alec Boehm. And I think, like I said, he quietly kind of got going. Now, I do worry that there could be some key articles from some folks in the industry that would like blow up his price. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're thinking of writing on him, don't do it, okay? Find something else to write about, okay? Go write about Randy and Rosarena. Nobody's doing that right now. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I think there's going to be some like great deep dive pieces on him that's going to send his price up i think he should be on the cusp of the top 100 bone will Mm -hmm. i'm still paying it though i'm really into this guy and uh uh, i think he can have a hell of a season and i'm a sucker for batting average that comes with some punch and Mm -hmm. i think that he can really strike the ball well and keep that batting average up while continuing to get power and I wouldn't call him fast, but I certainly wouldn't call him slow. I think he can get some chip-in steals and kind of be in that 7 to 12 range, if, depending mm-hmm. on how full of a season we get. And I know it's yeah. a wide range, but that depends on how much the team lets him go, too.
1: I think he's a guy that's probably going to hit 280 with 25 home runs and probably chip in 5 to 7 steals.
0: I love that. And and, that, I mean, and, and the 280 for Boehm is kind of a, a smart conservative projection. hmm the possibilities are pretty – he had 338 in a, in a small sample of 180 plate appearances, 410 mm-hmm. Babbitt. Not, not putting him down for 338, but that's – leading the league or, or competing to lead, lead the league in batting average is in his profile. I yeah. will say that. So we both really like Alec Boehm. Um, actually, no, we both hate him. Never drafted no. him. No, yeah, don't. Terrible. Mm-hmm. Garbage. Awful. Don't go get him. Please don't. Dylan Carlson, jumping way down here from 119 to 162, but another rookie. He went the other way. Uh, he didn't do much, and so the the market is is cooling on him a bit. We love when this happens, though, especially if you believe in the guy. Which mm-hmm. I tend to like him a bit too. Um, I think I'm I think I'm in on buying Dylan Carlson at his current price. Obviously, there's not as much to gush over as it was with Boehm, but uh, that almost makes him a better buy. And uh, I I believe in in Dylan Carlson. I don't think that he is uh, uh, should be judged too harshly over 119 plate appearances. This dude can mash, and he can run a bit as well. I think the same. I think the same sort of projection that you just gave for uh, Bohm could apply to Carlson.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and he was impressive in the playoffs, which mm-hmm. uh, you know, I mean, usually you worry about uh, a guy with very little. Major league experience kind of shrinking on the big spotlight, but he absolutely did not 10 yeah.
0: 16 OPS in his uh three games there for the uh, for the cards mm-hmm. when they lost to the Padres.
1: And I mean, you would have to think at this point, they're you know, they just give him full run from day one, undoubtedly. So I think that uh, you know, there may be some ups and downs with Carlson. I, I don't think he is necessarily as polished as Bomb, but I think there is the potential to do the same type of things uh, there, and you know, be a guy who you know, hits twenty five home runs, and you know, he, I think it, well, his stolen base potential is, is higher, obviously. So like he he could potentially be like a twenty twenty type guy, and if yeah, he's and going trade around some that 160, yeah, if he's going one sixty, I'm all about that.
0: Exactly, and I think he's another one who will jump up a bit mm-hmm. as the offseason goes and people you know write articles about like don't don't forget about this guy mm-hmm. but i i really like dylan carlson and i'm in uh next year and i don't even think that the the price could rise to a level where i would be completely out even if it ra- ra- rose like 50 picks to a 110 early 100s area i think i'd still be in another rookie Well, he'll be a rookie if he plays next year. And I say if because I'm not sure that Wander Franco's playing next year 100%. (laughs) Because this is Tampa Bay, dude. He's going pick 176 on average. How do we feel about about that with with regards to Wander Franco? I thought that price was uh, kind of interesting. And I want to say, hang on, let me pull it up really quickly because I think he had a top 100 pick if I'm not crazy. I might be crazy on that. Hang on. No, 98 was his min. So he went from 98 to 258. A hell of a range, but 136, 144, 181, 189, 258, 207, 98, 255, 149 for Wander Franco. What do you think? Is he somebody that you're? I mean, is he somebody that you're drafting now um, in the off here without any info? Because I know you're going to say, well, if, if things change in the spring, blah blah blah. What about – let's talk now first, and then we can talk about spring.
1: At 176, I think it's worth the gamble. Really? Um, it, It's hard, but I think – I mean, yes, I do think – Okay.
0: I mean, he's an elite talent, so yeah. I get it. Yeah,
1: I mean, and, and I'm talking, like, after pick 176. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not talking – like, you know, he went 136, 144, the 98 you talked about, 149. Like, those – like, you start taking him in the top 150 – And I think you're, especially in a 15-team league, you know, if you're talking about a 12, then I understand it. But in a 15-team league, like all these mock drafts were, that's just too early. Especially if you're playing in a format that doesn't let you stash minor leaguers, uh, that doesn't have deep benches.
0: Or that doesn't have IL, and yeah. not that he would be on the IL, but that you could put your injured guys yeah, exactly. on there and keep him as a reserve. Which we were kind of operating these as main event type leagues. Mm-hmm. That was should have been the general thinking that folks were uh, operating with. Mm-hmm. He's 20 years old next next year, and that's why I'm like, are they are, are they even guaranteed to play him? I would say again, I, I say no. I don't. I don't. Think yeah, no,
1: I don't think they are either. I mean, I think he's going to be up. At some point next year?
0: I, the, I think so, too. But if he didn't play all year, would, would that would that blow you away?
1: No, it wouldn't blow me away. I mean, he's only played at high A. Yeah. Like, that's, that's, I mean, this is, you know, and I know everybody's excited because, you know, he's on the World Series roster and all that. And um, at the same time, it's, uh, like, they have a stalwart at, Or a guy who should be a stalwart at at shortstop and Adamus. And uh, I don't know that they have any reason to bring him up. It'd be interesting to see what happens kind of in the World Series because you wonder if maybe they say, like, if they lose the World Series, maybe they're more inclined to bring him up, you know, to make that push next year. Mm -hmm. But 176 is is hard. Yeah. Where does
0: he play? Adamus and, and Brandon Lau, Manning the Keystone.
1: Well yeah, and I think that it becomes even harder now with a Arena because you can't just push Lau out into the outfield. Mm-hmm. You know, and so and we assume Meadows will be, you know, better next year. I mean the hard part is like like <laughs> the guy he's going right in front of is Tommy Edman, who's triple eligible, has speed um, and, like, do I... Th- like, I think Wander Franco could be the next Anthony Rendon. Like, I think he could be a star of that kind of caliber where he's not, like, necessarily the um, guy that anchors you in one category, but just...
0: But he's an absolute G yeah, across Yeah, in, in everything. Yeah, so... Yeah.
1: Um, but how long does it take him to actually do that on the field? I, I don't know. Especially at 19.
0: That's the thing. Or, you know, be 20 20. Next yeah. He He's 19 this year. And, you know, I mean, skills off the charts. A number one prospect for a reason. I Those mean, guys can just hit the ground running.
1: Justin Turner is going 193. We're going to talk about Gavin Lux here like in yeah. a minute. Like, going 196. On
0: who has, like, a, a damn near 400 season Nick in Solak the is
1: going pick 200. That's our boy, Nick yeah. Solak.
0: And, um... You know, so okay, it wasn't quite nearly four hundred. I'm sorry, I
1: overstated. Yeah, that. I don't. Um, I don't uh, think I could take him in the top two hundred right now.
0: Th- that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying for me. Uh, it was actually three ninety two at just triple A for Gavin Lux. But let's move on to Lux. So, look, I, I understand wanting to be in on the next hot thing. I I I get shints sometimes too. Shiny new toy syndrome. Uh, it happens. But uh, you, if you get the shins, you might need to take mm-hmm. some ammonium for that because you got to be careful. At 176, at ADP, and anything near that, hell no. If, if Wander Franco's ADP doesn't start with a two, I can't take him. Joe Adele is going 199. So we'll get to him in a moment. But Lux first, 192. This was supposed to be kind of his breakthrough he got 69 plate appearances they were not nice don't you dare say nice because it was bad (laughs) 175 246 349 three homers one steal what are we thinking
1: this is what i'm really torn on because i love the talent absolutely love the talent but you know what the most telling thing to me is he's had one postseason plate appearance
0: they're they're not playing him right now they can't
1: when it matters most. This is the whole Daniel Hudson versus Sean Doolittle Sean argument Doolittle, yep. coming into last year. When when it mattered in the World Series for the Nationals, Hudson closed. And that's why I thought Hudson was the closer coming into the year. Yep. And when it matters him. for the Dodgers right now, he's had one plate appearance in the entire postseason. And they're platooning
0: and they're pinch hitting and they're doing a lot. Mm-hmm. And he's not getting a lick.
1: Nothing. And so that is, I love the talent, and I, I believe I did take him in that draft champions league, um, I, you know. And so like I want to, I'm gonna bet on the talent, and I think this spot where he's going is really cheap. And so I'm willing to take the the gamble on the upside because I mean we're talking about a guy who, uh, before the questions of whether or not he's gonna make the team coming into you know uh, the restart of the season. Uh, I mean he was going I want to say top what 120 125 something like that.
0: It, it was high. I can look at the pre uh, at the spring mm-hmm. and uh, I and I was
1: running away from him because I I didn't yeah. want to I you know I didn't know if he was going to make the team and I was worried about Enrique Hernandez and uh Chris, and, Taylor. Chris Taylor but Hernandez is a free agent. You know, we'll see if they bring Justin him
0: back. Justin Turner is too by the way.
1: Mm-hmm. I I mean I would think they're bringing Turner back.
0: Uh, but you never know. I, I tend to think so, too, but why would you if you have, like, wouldn't that be another indictment of Lux?
1: Yeah, but I don't think they care. Like, they don't well, care to indict they, the They're trying to win, man. Yeah, they I don't Especially if they don't win this World Series. Think. Like, you yeah. know, they're going to, like, uh, I want to say, too, like, um, you know, the the contract... Uh, or no, the contract does kick in next year. But, oh, yeah, uh, for for Mookie Betts, but it's only $22 million. Um, so
0: still a pretty fair price for Yeah, me.
1: like it doesn't um, start raising until later. So, uh, like, they have a lot of financial flexibility coming into next year. Um, so it wouldn't be surprising to see the Dodgers go on a spending spree, especially if they don't win the World Series this year. Uh, but, yeah, I just – I. I There's something very scary about the fact that they're unwilling to give him more than one plate appearance this entire season.
0: Uh, I'm with you, man. I'm completely with you on that. And uh, that does give me some pause on Gavin Lux. I like the talent as well. But if they do resign Turner, um, let me see. I'm checking on Taylor and Kike real quick. Turner, or excuse me, uh, Taylor. Taylor got to be coming up on free agency soon. No, right? he's got one more year. Oh no, they signed a deal. They, they, yeah, they gave, they gave him a two-year, thirteen and a half million dollar deal. So they got him again next year, and then Kike is a free agent, mm-hmm. uh, which I think you said. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. So Turner and Kike are free agents. They may bring Turner back. I actually agree with you there. I, th- I think that they'll look to bring him back. Maybe it depends. If they win the World Series, I could see them maybe not. Mm-hmm. They say, okay, thank you. You blossomed with us. We love you. But you're 36, and we got we got young folks mm-hmm. ready to ready to take over. Uh, but if they lose it, uh, they might bring them back and and, and go one more. Um, it's 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 tough for me. I do like the talent. I, I could see myself that there are scenarios and there are team builds where I definitely take Lux. I can see myself mm-hmm. where I'm like I've got a lot of st- stable veteran types, and then Lux comes up. Let me get you know let me get some uh, let me get some some young player that can possibly pop for me because i've got a lot of uh you know justin turner and Mm -hmm. and matt olson and um you know i don't know where i
1: where i took him um in this dc i already had two second basemen but one of them was brandon Lau where i could punch him into the outfield
0: yes okay so that makes sense and uh, that, that's that's the kind of setups that I'm talking about, where it's like you're not reliant upon him to be your primary starter at any position and you can kind of see where it goes there. It's a little bit, it's a little bit early to be taking kind of a a I don't want to call it luxury pick, but a guy that you might not get much out of. But if you're putting him at MI at, in the in the late one hundreds, early two hundreds pick for Gavin Lux, that's not so bad. So um, and we'll see how things go. His spring uh, or his the offseason may change it so that his spring price jumps up. I don't know, upwards of 75 picks, I can see it. If, if the path is cleared mm-hmm. and he is like the opening day second baseman or third baseman or something.
1: But we've seen this before where a top prospect, you know, starts off slow, fails, you know, first uh, first go around in the major leagues, and then Absolutely. all of a sudden the fantasy industry just writes him out.
0: Exactly, and that's about to happen with with Lux. I mean, it's starting to at 192. Has 151 plate appearances of nothingness, 210, 278, 377. This is the time to buy. So I'm going to have to get some shares for sure. Joe Adele may be one of those guys as well. Looked completely overmatched as a major leaguer in 132 plate appearances, down at pick 199. You best believe I'm going to get at least one share. He's playing next year. And I don't believe that he's this bad. Yeah, he struck out like crazy. He he was overmatched. I'm not going to deny that he was that bad um, for this given sample. I don't believe he's this bad as a player. Full stop. So, how do you feel about Joe Adele? Pick one at nine. Same type of deal here with with Lux, except that he has the playing time guaranteed. Mm-hmm. I uh, I
1: mean, I love Joe Adele from a straight tools perspective. hmm And uh. I am a little, uh, I'm a little scared about him though because of the swing and miss in his game. I mean, it it's was severe. Yeah, it's severe, and then you add into the fact I did not realize how bad of a defensive player he
0: is. Uh, it was pretty rough. I it's, think I think sometimes we make assumptions on like speedy athletic he's types. He's so that athletic, inherently... you would, but he yep. is
1: Malik Smith esque in the outfield.
0: Uh, that's not good.
1: Which that's I mean perfect. like defensively perfect comp. Obviously a much better overall hitter. For sure. But he is he is really, really bad defensively. Now that's something he can work on. And you hope know, exactly. a guy with you know his work ethic, um and uh, I mean he reportedly is like, you know, just a, a real hard worker off the field. Like hopefully they get with him in the offseason, they're like, Okay, we're we're gonna work on defense. Um, because if his defense is bad and he's swinging and missing as much as he is, he's not going to play.
0: Becomes harder to play him, yeah. yeah. Because you know they're still going to have Otani playing. You know we'll see how everything goes. Brandon with him. Marsh
1: isn't that far away. Uh, he could
0: have been ready this year. If, I feel not like not for and, in, injuries, in a, yeah. In a, yeah, injury, in, he got COVID, in, right? Uh, did he? I don't remember. I th- I th- in I th- a think... full one sixty-two, mm-hmm. he'd have been up at some point. Yep. And Jared Walsh muddies some things up. He mm-hmm. was awesome. They got to play him, and he's either first or one of the corner outfield spots. And Justin Upton's not gone. And I understand that Justin Upton has not been great, but they're not going to pay him to sit on the bench mm-hmm. when. Well, you know, not, not still, when they
1: owe him fifty-one million over the next two years.
0: That's what I'm saying. And he he's still about average these last two years while dealing with injuries. I think a healthy Justin Upton, even at age 33, is still an above-average hitter. I mm-hmm. think something like a 110 type WRC plus so it isn't as muddy uh, playing time wise for Adele as it is Lux but it's not clear free and I think I kind of said that at the outset there no I'm gonna change my mind on that it, it he's gonna start with the opportunity but like you said if he doesn't play well and he's booting the ball and making bad reads it's gonna it, it's gonna tighten up quickly he's only 22 so if they don't you know it doesn't it's not do or die uh as far as them playing him right now so but at 199 it's it's a spot where i'm looking to take him yeah take my shot and at least get uh at least get a share or two to see if he's ready to break out this year and if he's not that that pick spot doesn't really hurt me so all right so that's where we are on those guys let's just uh end with just a quick thought on a guy post 200 that you really like and you can throw a couple names if you want but highlight highlight one specifically hitters of course
1: i'm gonna go cedric mullins
0: okay that's gotta be way late
1: yeah i mean really really well three or 351 yeah um like cedric mullins played fairly well when he was up like i hit 271 315 407 with three home runs and seven stolen bases and uh, he didn't
0: start with them, mm-hmm. and so I think that's part of it I think that is. And, and he was on the Orioles. And Baltimore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it would have already been hidden just by being an mm-hmm. Oriole, but the fact that he didn't even start the season with them, I think, yeah. helped uh, cover that. And he had some love going into last mm-hmm. year, right? And ended up being a total flop and then injuries. So this year, he panned out a bit in a 48-game sample, and so you like him. He didn't even go in all the drafts.
1: No. I, uh... He's only
0: twenty-six.
1: Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. A, I'm a. If like, I assume he's gonna move up hundred spots. Um, no, you don't think 100. so. Not hundred.
0: Not a hundred. I think. I think it's gonna be a nice. This nice is. I mean,
1: he's a, he's an absolute steal. I mean, he, he led off a lot of games for the Orioles, and their
0: lineup's getting better.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, give me a leadoff hitter with power and speed. Like I, he's gonna be my you know fifth outfielder on every team if this is where he's going
0: that's a that's a great call out man i i really like i really like that one a lot um and you know like i said their lineup's getting better they can p- bring up adeline rutchman to make mm-hmm. it even even better of course you know rookie catcher we never know but um uh, yeah I, I like that call out a lot mine mine is not as off the radar but i do want to give some love to cabrian hayes mm-hmm. uh cabrizi man that's another hidden one that you might not. Now he is a known prospect, but because he plays in Pittsburgh and because he did it at the end of the year, if you didn't have him on your squad, you might have missed it. Mm-hmm. And he went off. He had just four hitless games in a 24 game run, on route to a 376, 442, 682 line with five homers, 11 ribbies, and 17 runs and 95 plate appearances. I think he's going to be a really good player, and. You know I'm a sucker for late batting average, mm-hmm. and so even if he moves up from this this uh, 210 pick slot, I think you're still going to be getting him. Um, I don't know. I think he would max out on, uh, of an ADP around 170. I, I don't know that he's going to go much higher I, than I, that. I think
1: he will. This Do
0: you is think he'll this, go higher this than that? is
1: going to be uh, Hayes is going to be a very popular what you call a uh, wide awake sleeper. wide awake sleeper. Yeah, yep. I think I think he's. I think you're gonna see him start inching towards the top 150.
0: I don't want that.
1: I know, but it's gonna happen. I hate that. Yeah, but I hate no. that. And I mean, for but, good but, but reason. Like
0: I hate that though, <laughs> and I don't want that to happen. Does that matter at all? Yeah, me?
1: I know it's your birthday and everything, or it's going to be here <laughs> in a few days. But unfortunately, this is one of those presents that uh... have you seen the uh, the video of the little girl who uh, he's, she's about to blow out the candle. Um. I have not seen this. Oh my god! I'm gonna have to find this and send it to you. So a little little girl, probably about three, is about to blow out candle on her birthday, and another little girl sitting next to her like swoops down and blows out her candle.
0: That's gonna be people sweeping haze for me. Is yeah. that what you're saying? And okay, you're and, and you're gonna
1: have the same reaction, which is the the little girl like grabs the other little girl by her hair and like shakes
0: her. Oh yeah, definitely. It's, definitely. Uh, yeah. So don't 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 take don't take. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'll go a deeper one then, because you think he's gonna be too much mm-hmm. on the rise. I'm still very bought in on Willie Adamas. And I think the depth of shortstop is what brought him down to 267. And uh, I was kind of surprised by that price. But then again, you look at the depth of shortstop, and I think that that's playing a big role. Uh, He quietly had a hell of a season 259, 332, 481 with eight homers and two steals. That's, I mean, he was a 124 WRC plus. Like that's a really good campaign from Adamas. I still see him as somebody who can who can be a high impact guy that would have paced out to 24 and 12 on the homers and steals. Now tamp that down a little bit. Although if there's somebody who's going to play every day, I do think Adamus is a, a good bet to break that 600 plate appearance barrier just because he's a great shortstop, but he is the uh let's see here. That would make him the 37th shortstop off the board. Like, and there's a few guys here who I don't think have shortstop eligibility, but even if you lop off seven, eight of them, that's thirtieth. Are you kidding me? I love, and, and it's just the depth of the position right now. But I still love Willie Adamas. I think he's a great MI option for you.
1: Yeah, great CI option. Uh, or CI, or, uh...
0: no, 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 MI. no, 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 no.
1: I, I, I'm talking about someone else.
0: Oh my bad, um, my bad. I thought you were. I this was were a
1: transition. I was tr- transitioning away from Adamas. Uh, <laughs> Thai France.
0: Oh, that's a great one. Yes, I, I'm fully bought in on that. 3, Talk about Thai France. Go ADP, ahead. ADP
1: 314. Uh, like, I don't know. like people just forgot about him because he got traded to Seattle yep. apparently, but he was absolutely fantastic. 305, he really was. 368. Why did you say
0: fantastic like that though?
1: Because he, because it's fr- fantastic. Because it, because he's French, being Thai France, and that that's you <laughs> know. Um, I was trying to be oh, specific- safe, <laughs> sophisticated.
0: <laughs> well done, well done. No, I'm with you, dude. People forgot about him, and he's in San- He's in Seattle. That's guaranteed play. Like yeah, he's gonna play. He's gonna play every day. So uh, I'm a hundred percent with you.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's just one of those guys. Again, late, late robbery you get uh, from a guy like Ty France. Uh, you know, at the, at the end of your draft. So uh, again, a guy I think that maybe will get pushed up a little bit, but. Colton Wong going three thirty
0: six seems. Dude, he's been forgotten by the fantasy community for like a decade. Like, I know he hasn't been playing that long, but but I think it's been a decade.
1: Like I was, I I, I mean his defense is so good. You know he's gonna play every day, and I know. <laughs> I mean, I know he didn't hit for you know really any power this year, but like I I don't think that he's powerless, and he still stole five bases, two sixty five, three fifty. Uh, 326 triple slash. That 326 slug is gross, but
0: uh. you know I'm a sucker for those players that have the guaranteed yeah. time via their defense Like that's that's such an uh, under underrated sort of aspect of, of gathering playing time. Um, and, and so yeah, I'm, I'm totally I'm totally down for that. And Colton Wong is definitely somebody who has to be on the field every day for what what he delivers with the gloves. So that's, that's a good call out there. Let me see if I got another one here. You I'll know, throw I another one to you, Carter yeah. Keboom. Um, pardon me,
1: Carter Keboom. Talk about a top. Talk, talk about a prospect that the fantasy industry has just washed their hands of. Yes. Three forty-six. Like, like I, I know it, it's been ugly at the major league level, but
0: but how many plate appearances total? Nothing, right? Yeah.
1: I mean, let's see. Uh, he hmm. had one hundred and twenty-two plate appearances this year. Forty-three
0: last year. That's that's. Almost literally nothing as far yeah. as like being able to judge, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a, 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 a budding prospect. And he was and... better defensively this year.
1: I mean, the thing that really caused him, you know, in two thousand nineteen from getting a full time role or, or any role was the defense, and he really improved the defense. It looked like this year uh, on the Nationals. So like, he's a guy that I would I really like to bank on, and
0: I think they're going to commit to him too next year. Mm-hmm.
1: I yeah, and I mean. He's gonna be playing third base. That's not a. Uh, What's his price? A, uh, three forty six.
0: Oh man, that's nothing. Yeah, it yeah. just doesn't hurt you even. So even if you're wrong. Yeah. You cut you know, like them that, the and move that, on for the next guy. Exactly. Uh, I'll, I'll go one more here. Then uh, I'm gonna go back to Seattle and talk about Evan White real quick. Hmm, he struck okay. out entirely too much. Yeah. Forty two percent, and that's not what we expected from him. You know, he signed that deal. Uh, out of double-A, essentially. He had 92 games there and played really well. Signed that big deal that everyone's like, whoa, that's interesting that he got a a six-year $24 million deal, but they're committing to him. And they did commit to him. They let him play through the struggles with the, the egregious uh, strikeout rate, 176, 252, 346. As a result... I swear to God I saw every one of his eight homers, though, because every time I was watching that dude, he was going yard. And I would have thought that he had way more homers than that, Justin. But eight is still not too bad in in that sample there. I think he can greatly improve that strikeout rate, not only to the point of of being useful, but actually becoming a batting average asset. I think he can be like a 280-type hitter with some punch. I think he was selling out for the pop a little bit, and uh, and it led to these uh, led to this big egregious strikeout rate because his fly ball rate was way high, and I think he just wanted to show that he could hit for some pop and maybe trying to justify the contract all in one fell swoop. But I like Evan White in Seattle.
1: Uh, two more guys uh, that I want just want to mention real quick before we wrap it up. Um, are kind of two vets that are being completely overlooked in these in these mocks. Uh, and that's Cesar Hernandez and Elvis Andres.
0: Yeah, they they are
1: definitely forgotten. I mean 377 and 379 ADPs.
0: It's because they're boring and people think you know it's like uh,
1: Andrews especially is a season removed from a 12 homer 31 (laughs) (laughs) 275 313 395 or 393 triple slash I mean 31 stolen bases in 2019 and he's only had one season prior to 2020 where he didn't steal like 21 bases in a year yep like i mean and i know like the rangers have said like well you know him and odor are going to have to you know compete for a spot or maybe move off their positions cuz we want to bring in the young guy yeah whatever they who, they've got who him they under contract for two more years, years. And um it plus could pass. a vest, yeah a vesting option like it's like he's going to play every day um it just i throw this is one of those guys you throw out 2020 and you go if i'm potentially getting 20 steals at the shortstop position late like yeah sign me
0: up yep yep like the again i know we've been repeating the refrain but a 194 252 330 in 29 games he could have that month in the middle of a summer of an otherwise good season and you'd barely notice it with 3 homers and 3 could you be like, "Well, I still got my 3 homers and 3 stolen bases." blah blah blah. It was bad. I mean, that's basically what he did in September of 2018. I'm mm-hmm. looking at it right now. And uh, let's see if he had how bad his worst month was last year. He had a um, 200 Oh my god. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, July of 19. That year that you said was awesome. Mm-hmm. He had 189-232-244. Yeah. Exactly. He had, he had 200. He had a 200 BABIP in 2020 when he's a career 310 guy yeah no that's a, that's a great call out andres especially cesar hernandez has become a little bit bland he has a free agent again too so we'll yeah. see where he lands but uh but i'm with you though those bland guys can be perfect especially if you are taking the key booms and the luxes you have to balance it out with some guys who can just be solid well and, and cesar hernandez was, was solid he led the in doubles average. by the way he i mean
1: batting average man you know yes. You're getting a guy who, if he if he's playing every day, and he did with the Indians, uh, you know, 283, 355, 408, triple slash. Yeah, it was only three home runs, but it was 35 runs scored with a really solid batting average. Really helped your team kind of stabilize that batting average. Um, and, you know, it obviously depends on where
0: he ends up, but sure. yeah, I completely overlooked. No, I, I'm with you there. So uh, I think that's a great call out. A, a full season, it would have been about a, about 100 runs scored mm-hmm. uh, with a 282. You know, And look, the later you get, the guys aren't going to do everything. So mm-hmm. harping on the fact that he would have only hit nine homers in a full season for Cesar Hernandez and 56 ribbies. Okay, handle that stuff elsewhere. You know, And I know we're preaching the choir a bit on that, but I'm just saying like, sometimes we get – with these guys who are picked two fifty and later and all I hear about is their flaws. It's like, well no shit. That's why they cost mm-hmm. this this low. You have to focus on what they can do and and leverage that into usefulness so uh, i'm with you on that so good, good call outs all around there on the, on favorite post 200 hitters uh, we will do a similar thing here with the pitching next time out where we maybe get into the relief pool instead of the catching pool uh cover a handful of pitchers and where their adp is and then do some favorite post 200 pitchers how's that sound for next time
1: oh i can't wait all
0: right man well have a great weekend and i'll talk to you later happy birthday buddy thank you so much bud i love you dog talk to you later